for our diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Where there's a will, there's a way Hello everyone and welcome to Raw Recovery. This is your host, Dion Miller. Today we have Lisa, Raw Recovery with Lisa. Um, I had a, I had a chance to talk with Lisa a little bit before we got started. Um, one important thing before I get going though, um, I lost a friend over the week. Um, lost a friend yesterday. Um, this friend was not in the program, neither were they a drug addict or an alcoholic. But they still listen to the shows and listen to what we did because our way of life was just better. And it made her life better and her husband's life better. So, Tammy, uh, this one's going to be for you, girl. Lisa, thank you for, for letting me have that chance. And welcome to the show. So, Raw Recovery with Lisa today. Welcome to the show, Lisa. It's good to have you. Thank you, Dion. Glad Cert- to be here. Certainly. So, um, Jill's told me a little bit about you. Why don't we go ahead and jump on into your story um, and uh, let's get going. Let's go on our adventure here. Okay, great. Um, I'm Lisa. My sobriety date is September 24th, 1990. Um, I tell you that it's only by the grace of God and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that I'm here today and that I can tell you that. Wow. Um, I started in Jackson, Michigan. Okay. Um, like anybody else, I, I my drunk log is probably the same. You know, um, first time I ever got high, I stayed high probably. That was fourteen till I was twenty seven. Okay. And um, you know, my I would say my best partying years were sixteen to twenty. <laughs> and from twenty to twenty seven, I tried to recapture that. And, yeah. Um, just couldn't do it. And yeah. probably somewhere around, I got sober clean at 27. So at 26, you know, some man told me I probably had a drinking problem and I decided to go to rehab. Okay. So, um, you know, rehab wasn't a bad deal. They told me a couple things that I needed to know. They told me about Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. And they also told me that I was sick, not bad. I was a sick person that needed mm-hmm. to get well, not a bad person that needed to get good. Yeah. So those were a few things that I needed to hear. Um, so I decided I had an alcohol problem, but I could probably still do cocaine and codeine. That uh, I didn't have a problem with that. Well, so certainly it's just the alcohol. Just the alcohol, yeah. So I tried that for the next year. I went to a few AA meetings, and okay. after AA meetings, I would ask people if they wanted some coding, and they'd say, "Well, Lisa, you're not supposed to do that in Alcoholics Anonymous." And I would say, "Really?" I'd say, "Look at that step up or that um, tradition up there. It says you only need a desire to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything about uh, um, drugs." And they would say, "Lisa, you can't do that in here." So I just wouldn't talk to that person anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And then they would tell me stuff like maybe if you hit a joint, that was a relapse. And so I wouldn't Uh, talk to that person anymore. Yeah. And uh, so I just kind (laughs) of wanted to do it my way. Okay. I would take the steps that I thought applied to me and the ones that didn't apply to me. um, I didn't do. And I, people would ask me things like, what are your sobriety dates? And I Mm -hmm. would say, oh, 
I, I'm not really sure. And they would say stuff like, well, keep coming back and someday you'll know when your yeah. sobriety date is. And I would say like, <laughs> screw you. Um, and my life didn't get any better. Yeah. It stayed the um, same. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of cocaine and alcohol took me to, I would say a public humiliation bottom and cocaine okay. took me to a really dark, deep, ugly bottom. Okay. Um, and I ended up in motorhome, looking out windows, staying up all night, um, playing solitaire by myself, mm -hmm. thinking, how could I ever give this up? I'm having so much fun. Yeah. Because when we get to the program, we don't know the truth from the faults. We don't. And it had been years since I had had fun. But okay. my mind told me I was having fun. Yeah. Being paranoid in this place, looking out windows thinking i'm hearing things and thinking oh i could not possibly give this up because i'm only 27 years old yeah how could i go without using mm -hmm. till and like any other good addict i quit on a monday morning i used up all my drugs <laughs> um that weekend all my okay. cocaine and i knew i just couldn't do this anymore okay. so i knew where to go because i had yeah. kind of played in the program mm -hmm. but i knew that I had some do something different. I knew that all substance were my problems. So mm -hmm. I knew I had to go to NA, not AA at that point. Okay. So that Monday morning I woke up and um, I knew I could no longer fix Lisa. Yeah. So I got up and I got on my knees and I asked God, I said, please, you need to help me because I cannot do this. I tried. I tried to do it without alcohol. I tried to do it just on the weekends. I tried my own ways and it didn't work. And God, if you're up there, I uh -huh. need your help. Yeah. And for me, it came quickly and I wow. truly believe God picked me up and he dusted me off and he said, what took so long? Yeah. Now, and, and said, I, need... I find Go something ahead. really neat if you don't mind me interjecting here, because I talk about ruining somebody's drinking career. Maybe they don't want to get sober yet. So I, I work on ruining their drinking or drugging career by giving them the information they need. So I just thought it was really neat that you got the information you needed from AA so that when you were ready, you knew what to do. And that's Absolutely. prevention, guys. That's what we call prevention. Absolutely. Um, and we talk about that a lot here. So I really wanted to reiterate that. Thank you we very much. We plant the seed. Yes. yes. So... Um, God said, yes, it's, it's time you need to go to a meeting because the problem is I started using at 14 and while everybody else was learning mm -hmm. how to live life, Lisa didn't learn that mm -hmm. Lisa learned how to party. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I was really good at it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so I put all my energy in it. So while mm -hmm. other people learned how to pay bills and they learned how to go to work and they learned how to have babies and they learned how to study and they learned how to do it. I didn't. I learned how to party. Mm -hmm. So now I'm 27 years old and I decide that I am going to, by the grace of God, not use one day at a time. Okay. I don't know what to do. No. I have no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. So I go to a meeting that Saturday or that Monday, excuse me. And I started in NA and I walk into this meeting and these people don't look like people that I hang out with. They don't look <laughs> half as good as the people I buy drugs from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So of course my ego will kill me if I allow it to. Yep. 
So I walk in and these people don't have half their teeth and they have a lot of tattoos. And 30 years ago, tattoos were not popular, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm still thinking, well, I got a brand new car in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Now, my daddy's paying for that new car, but yeah. see, that's how my ego works. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I've had 13 jobs in three years. I'm unemployable. I only have two outfits in my closet, but my head's thinking, I'm better than these yeah, people. But I'm successful. That's right. That's what's going to kill me. And we're not. Yeah. But these people, they had something I didn't have. They had hope. Mm -hmm. And they were smiling and they weren't using. And I'm going to tell you, it had been a long time since I had hope or happiness. So I sat down and I shut up. And the one thing that made sense to me was my very best thinking got me to that room. Yeah. And it was an ugly room. It had holes in the floors and mice running through our feet. It was not a pretty place. I was on the path for Harvard Law School at 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And at 27 years old, I was in a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. Wow. So my best thinking wasn't working really well. Yeah. And And I understood And obviously you were a fairly intelligent person. At one time. (laughs) (laughs) Drugs and alcohol did not work well in my corner. So I am... I sat down and I shut up for once. Okay. And I listened to these people. And the first thing they told me is maybe you might want to get a job because that will take up 40 hours of your mm-hmm. time yeah. uh, a week. Because I had a lot of time when I took drugs and alcohol out mm-hmm. of my life. A lot of time on my hands. Yeah. Because my, my life consisted of how to get it, when to get it, where to get mm-hmm. it, how to do it, when to do it, why to lie about it, when to hide it, how to find it. That's what my life consisted of. Yeah. Now I'm taking that out. What do you do? Yeah, you don't have anything to do. So they're like, get a job. So Mm -hmm. I went and got a job four days after I was uh, clean. I got a job and I walked in and it was at a portrait studio and they were going to pay me $5.50 an hour. Mm. So I went to a meeting and bitched, how dare them? (laughs) $5.50 an hour. I had 13 jobs the last three years and I should be CEO. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my gosh, Lisa. They're like, just go to work, be on time and do what your boss says. And I said, what? Go to work, be on time and do what your boss says. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's it. Go to work, be on time and do what your boss says. And I thought they were crazy. Yeah. I thought, how could it be so simple? Go to work be on time and do what your boss says. But most of all, don't use. Yeah. Don't use. Everything else is going to work. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay. And the reason I took this job is because it was weekends. I had to work weekends and weekends were really my party time. Okay. Keeping your butt And covered. it was from 10 to 7. And I had never woke up early once in my life because I okay. was usually a waitress. So I figured I could be to work at 10 and our meetings were at 730. So I figured 10 to 7, I could go to meet at 7.30 mm-hmm. till 8.30, go home, read my book, and go to bed. Good schedule. Sounds good. Okay. And I was off on Mondays and Tuesdays. So I thought, okay, this is easy. Don't use. And the group I went to was so sick, and I loved it, that literally, <laughs> if I would have walked in and said, I robbed a bank, they would have said, did you use? Yeah. And I would have mm-hmm. said, no. And they would have said, said, great. Mm-hmm. Next year, we'll work on bank robbing. Yeah. This year, just don't use. Yeah. And that's what I needed. Everything else will work on once you get the don't use done. Yeah. So I would go to work. I worked. I was on time. 
I um, did what my boss said and I didn't use. And I went to a meeting every single day for one year. Wow. At about six months, I didn't go anywhere where there was alcohol, mm-hmm. anywhere, even yeah. around my family. Sure. Um, and if I went to a holiday or a wedding, I took someone in the program. Good idea. And the reason I did that is because I was not safe yet. I did not yeah. have that insurance. I was working on it. But at about six months, I went into a meeting. I bitched the whole group out and said, this is nothing different than using. I am still in prison because I have to go to a meeting every day, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then just, you know, keep coming back, Lisa. <laughs> um, someday you will walk a free woman. Yeah. But mm-hmm. today you're getting that insurance to walk, to be a free woman. And you're, we're paying our dues to get that, earn that freedom. Exactly. Right. And I wasn't a free woman yet. Not yet. And so I kept going and I kept Good. going. And they also told me, don't get in a relationship the yes. first year. Yes, absolutely. And the first guy that came out of prison, I said, <laughs> I'll take one of those. And, um, and this is part of my story. Sorry, everybody. Um, it's so, okay. You know, I took him home to my daddy's because I, of course, lived at home. Um, I literally knew how to do nothing. And so my dad, you know, put him in because I believe that everybody that came into Narcotics Anonymous was going to get clean and sober like me. Okay. And so, you know, I brought him in, fixed him up, cleaned him up, brought him home. My dad got him a job. My dad took him to work because he didn't have a car, blah, blah, blah. So almost to a year sober, I got promoted the first time. I okay. got transferred to Ohio from Michigan. God said, it's time for you to move out on your own. Mm-hmm. So um, we got a U-Haul. My mom helped me move, uh, got to the apartment, turned on the lights. There were no lights. I said, mom, the apartment, better call him. There's no light. She goes, did you call the electric company? I said, what's an electric company? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She goes, Lisa, the electric, I thought lights came with an apartment. Mm. I was 20, almost 28 years old, or I was 28 at that time. I knew nothing about living life. Mm -hmm. I got my first checking account at 28. I was now a district manager with this company. Okay. Um, I had my first apartment. I have literally grown up in the rooms of 12 steps. Yeah. Literally. Literally. And um, so I, at this time, and I brought the the guy with me at some point still he was relapsing the whole time and but unfortunately he is part of this story um and i guess men in the beginning are part of my story so um he came along and um i'm a hard worker i worked hard i built this district up and uh, i got tapped in real quick i i took a part-time job at um an aa group there And this is when I went from NA to AA. And the reason I went over is because I felt, um, and let me go back real quick. In the beginning of Michigan, um, we had maybe one lady with over a year sober, one with four years, and maybe uh, one guy with seven years and one with one. So every girl was sponsored by the one with one year. Yeah. And uh, we had one lady, it took me through the first step and she took it through me. She did so well on my first step. And she made me realize unmanageability was easy for me. I was born into unmanageability. Okay. So my whole life was unmanageable. Mm-hmm. But that powerlessness, she got into me. Okay. Cocaine and alcohol was my master. Mm. I was powerless. 
So when she got that into me, step two was pretty easy. If cocaine okay. and alcohol can be my master, there has to be something more powerful than me. Mm -hmm. Right? So right. step two, she really had in me. Then when wow. I got what to, a cool way to do it. <laughs> then when she got, I got to um, Ohio and I went over to AA, I got a sponsor and that we started on step three. And step three, I gave my life to God. Um, still huge ego. I remember she took me to a park and this was a mean lady. Mean, mean. <laughs> oh, I had some mean sponsors. She told me I was a high bottom drunk because I still had my small intestine. Yep. And uh, <laughs> she took me to a park and uh, made me kneel down in this public park and um, do the third step prayer. And I was more worried about what if people were looking at me than, you know, the third step prayer. So yep. obviously I wasn't quite ready to give my life over. Um, but I did it enough to get me to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I need everyone to know that just work the steps, just work the steps. That's a you broad highway right there. Yes, you do. And if yes. you work the steps, you're going to stay sober. So you can work them again. Mm -hmm. No one does them perfect. Um, but if you don't do them, you might die before you get a chance. To yes. Yes. So we did the third step. And I worked, I worked, I worked, I worked, I worked so hard. And at some point I woke up and I have this dude sleeping in my apartment that is not getting clean and sober. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want him anymore. You know, I'm growing. He's not growing. It's time for him to go. Okay. So um, I go back to Michigan for the holidays. I'm going to take him back because he doesn't have a car, he barely has a job, you know, he's the same person I met a year ago, because he's not getting clean. Yeah. And I've grown. So I take him back, I have holidays with my family come home, and he's on my front doorstep. I don't mm. know how he got back before I did. <laughs> like a puppy. Yeah. And um, so I said, Okay, being the nice, he talked me into staying all night because it was snowing out. I let him I wake up the next morning, he stole my car, my checkbook, you know, yep. thing. so I called the police, the police are like, where'd you meet him? I'm like, N.A.? <laughs> They're like, the police is like, maybe you shouldn't date in any. I'm like, where else would you date when you yeah. are in a 12-step program, right? Yeah, shut up. What do you know? Yeah, right. I'm like, where else? I am a 12-stepper. Um, and so you just don't understand, <laughs> officer. That's right. So uh, you know, I slept with the couch behind the um, door, and he stalked me with my car. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because I was just addicted to drama as I was to drugs and alcohol. Yep. And I loved this loved shit. It. And I loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually, he came back. He had wrecked my car, and I called the cops and the. Um, helicopters were going and they were trying to find them and um i stayed sober through all okay. of that good and um got rid of him and guess what i got promoted because boy what i found is that i was a really good worker when i got sober and i went to work on time and i did what my boss said and now i got transferred to texas the biggest district in in all of our company wow. and it was so broken so here i pack up and now i'm going to texas which is a horrible horrible place sorry mm. if yep. anybody from texas <laughs> is listening but 
I'm from the North and they didn't like me very much there. And I'd never seen a cockroach and um, people thought I was from New York and they were mean to me. And um, I worked and I worked all the time and I got plugged in. And of course I meet another man because uh, that's what I know how to do. And um, I go to AA meetings and I got another mean sponsor and we started working the four step and I wouldn't write on it, wouldn't write on it. So she said, just come over and tell me your four step. And she fell asleep. I mean, I think I'm so big and bad. She fell asleep. You know, I probably told her all the resentments I had and she didn't even make me do the force um, column. And, but we got through it. And then um, I'll never forget. They say, find somebody that has what you want. And the most mm-hmm. beautiful woman I'd ever seen walked into this uh, club. She drove in in a brand new Porsche and she was beautiful. And I said, that's my sponsor. And uh, I love that lady. She's been, that was my new sponsor. Okay. And, um, her and I did the eighth and ninth. We, we dabbled in the eighth and ninth step. And uh, I tried to do my first ex-husband. I wrote a letter and I can remember bringing it to her and I would say, I'm sorry about this, but you did this. She said, no, you can't say what he did. (laughs) And then I'd come back and do it again. And we never did get that letter out to him. And then um, I wrote a letter to my little brother and he told my other brother and my other brother called me and said, you know what? I forgive you for everything. He said, don't send me a letter because he was <laughs> like, I don't want that. And I thought, okay, done with that. And um, then there was the 10th, 11th and 12th. And I'm good because you know what? 12 steps, not really for me. That's for you guys. God got me sober mm. to make money. That's what he got mm. me sober for. Okay. So I'm pretty much done with the steps. So work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. Um, get married, got pregnant. Um, I think I did that in reverse order, just so you guys all know, and um, got promoted again and became a regional training manager, pregnant, um, traveled Canada, United States, uh, got moved to California. And until my son was born, they had put me into a district real quick, just to kind of, because I was pregnant, they wanted Mm -hmm. to keep me safe. And uh, had my son and got promoted again to um, regional director, which brought me here. Wow. So at five years sober, um, I was brought here and I had moved um, five times and I went from $5.50 an hour to $72,000 a year. Wow. And uh, my career became my God. And that's what I was. I was Lisa Morrell regional director mm-hmm. and i would tell you that as soon as i met you okay i was lisa morrell regional director got it that was my identity that was who i was that was mm-hmm. why it wasn't that i was a mother it wasn't that i was a sober member of alcoholics anonymous mm-hmm. it wasn't that i was a wife it wasn't that i was a daughter yeah. a friend i was a regional director yeah or a child of God. I should have said that first. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I was. Yeah. And maybe that's what I needed to be to get me to five years sober. Maybe I needed that success. Who maybe knows? I needed yeah. that good feeling. That's what God gave me to get me that far. Okay. 
Um, so I got here and um, I was miserable. So I was pretty sure it was my husband's fault. So I kicked him out, sent him back to Texas, um, which, you know, if I look back, he was never what I wanted. But, you know, back in those days, uh, I liked you if you liked me. It never had anything to do with if I liked you. But um, <laughs> so I sent him back to Texas. And what that made me realize is when he left is I was still miserable. That maybe there was something going on with me. Mm -hmm. huh. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. So I had to start doing some work with me. And at six years sober, I was downsized. And um, I was going to uh, use. I thought, well, screw you, mm. God. Um, I did all this. I stayed sober. I'm raising a kid. I did. I, I feel like I'm going to cry about this still. I was so mad at God. I was like, how dare you? Mm -hmm. I have stayed sober. I am living life the way I'm supposed to. And this is what you do for yeah. to me. Now, remind you, people are supposed to live life and pay bills and stay sober. But Correct. I want to fucking parade for it. That's right. You know what? I want a reward. Mm -hmm. And gosh darn you, God, screw you. Yeah. If I don't get a reward, I'm not going to behave. Yeah, like I'm not doing it no more. I've been That's there. right. Yep, I I've... am done. So in my smartness, I'm going to go out and use heroin. Now, yeah. I don't know why I'd never used heroin, but there's <laughs> two ways to go out in this program. You can go out and lie or you can go out on the truth. Yeah. And I'm going to tell everybody out there. Don't go out on the lie. Don't. The lie yeah. is it's going to work this time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be different this time. I've been sober long enough. I can do it. I can do cocaine instead of co yeah. or instead of codeine. I can do something. That's the lie. Yeah. The truth is I don't give a fuck. And I am an addict and I'm going to go use till I die. Correct. If you're going to go out, at least go out on the truth. There you go. And yep. that's how I was going out. Okay. I was going to go down on Colfax and I was going to put a needle in my arm and I was going to go out and yeah. die. Did you feel justified because you felt like you were telling the truth on that? I was justified and God had screwed me. Yeah. Uh, he had given, it. felt like you got the stamp of approval on that, didn't you? Yep. Yep. Okay. Screw All you, right. God. I did everything the way I was supposed to and this is what you do for me. Yeah. The problem is I had a six-month-old child. Well, he might have been almost a year. He might have been nine months. Really close to a year. And uh, I had a baby. And again, if I'm going on the truth, the truth is I can't be a parent. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. So I had to find a way to do something with this child. So I was trying to find a way to get him to Michigan to my parents first. Yeah. So somewhere, this was a Friday, someone picked him up from daycare and someone did get me to a meeting. Okay. And I went into a meeting and um, screamed at everybody, of course, because mm -hmm. that's what I do, and told them nobody understood me because I make $72,000 a year, and mm -hmm. you guys all make $15 an hour, mm -hmm. and how in the hell could you understand me, yep. and uh, <laughs> blah, 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 and, you know, of course, they all went around and said, Lisa you're spoiled and you need to work with others. And I'm like, really <laughs> screw you. Um, and then somebody took care of my son. Somebody also got me to a meeting the next day at vitality and they took me up the nice. stairs and a mm -hmm. lady came up to me and she says, do you have a sponsor? And this lady saved my life. And I said, no. And she says, well, you do now. Yep. She says, I'm your sponsor. 
You'll be at my house on Tuesdays at a certain time every week. And she took me through the first 164 pages of the big book for Mm -hmm. the first time in my life. I had dabbled in the steps. Like I told you, I did enough of the steps to get me to six years, but she took me through the steps the way they are meant to be taken Mm -hmm. through. And I would highly suggest that everybody does it in the first way, as soon as they get in. Yes. (laughs) I would probably Um, probably not wait six years to do that one. So she took me through, she started me through the steps. There was also another lady there and i'll say her name because she has passed her name was ann she smoked anybody that remembers her and she shook her hand shook when she smoked she was so old she I got me in the her. car yep and she took me she didn't get me home till midnight that night and i swear her driving was so bad i said oh god if you just get me through this i promise i, I promise i won't drink ever again <laughs> <I promise. laughs> it was so horrible she just kept taking me meeting after meeting after meeting and uh somebody had my kid i mean someone you know took my son and and by then, my head was back on straight. Good. I also went to a meeting of York Street that week and um, that day. And I can remember feeling sorry for myself because I couldn't afford a $26 bottle of shampoo. And I can remember a guy <laughs> sharing that um, he hadn't pissed his pants in three days because he had three mm-hmm. days sober. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, my head getting back on straight and realizing how grateful I am in my mm-hmm. life you know my my head had gotten skewed yeah um sometimes it does get skewed and i forget how grateful i am just to have one day sober yep so um this sponsor she took me through the steps and then um she goes you're going to start working with others and i said oh god no i'm not going to sponsor anybody i have nothing to give back that's not for me and she goes oh yes she worked at cottonwood she goes your first sponsor oh, uh, Spancy, and she goes, 12 o'clock Saturday, the girl's name was Mickey. You're okay. meeting with her. That was my first sponsee. She got her for me. So I started working with this young lady and mm-hmm. um, she had me go out there. Then I got to my fourth step. And of course I had to uh, go to Florida because everything's grandiose. I'm going to write my fourth step on the ocean. At the oh, beach. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I drive out there and she taught me, she goes, don't talk to one person about what is going on with you. Yeah. I said, excuse me? It's all about me, don't you know? And she's like, no, I want you to go to Florida and I don't want you to tell one person what's going on with you. I want you to sit in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous Mm -hmm. and when a newcomer shares and you can relate, I want you to talk about what, how you went through that. Yep, exactly. I said, are you crazy? And Mm -hmm. she goes, no, that's what I want you to do. And that was the first time I had ever did that in six years. And after that meeting, there was a line of women to talk to me. And that had never happened to me hmm. ever. And she changed my life. Yep. And she showed me how giving back is where it is. It's yeah. not about getting, even though every day I have to remind myself, this is mm. not an automatic thing. I don't wake up thinking about you. Uh, yeah. I, I get wake that up too. thinking yeah. about me, mm-hmm. but it's only by the grace of God in this fellowship that yep. I can do that and i get my most i get happy and i get everything i get is by working with others and she taught me that and she took me through the steps and i worked with four women i was off work for four months and um i worked with four women and i don't know where any of those four women are Mm -hmm. not one of them and um when i went to um go for my first interview I said oh my god I'm not even ready for this Um, (laughs) 
I had never had a resume. Yeah, I, I had that, that <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And here I needed a job at seventy-two thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And I got the. I said I'm not ready. And everybody said you are ready. I said, mm -hmm. what do you mean? And they said you've been doing the work. I said, what are you talking about? I haven't. You've yeah. been doing God's work. Yep. And I did God's work because mm -hmm. I work with others. I got the very first job I applied for, making seventy-two thousand dollars a year. Good for you. So. God, if I do God's work, he takes care of my job is to yep. do his work. That's right. He takes care of the outcome. That's right. I have to do the footwork. Mm -hmm. I still get confused on that because yeah, I really I want too. him to yeah. do the footwork and let me do the outcome. <laughs> okay. And that does Well, why should he gotta, get all the fun stuff, man? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> and I want to do the outcome because I know my outcome's way yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be better. Even though that's just not true, right? <laughs> And I've got 30 years to go by and yeah. I still want to do that. So I got through this and you would think now I'm fixed, but I, I would like to tell you that's the end of the story. And now my greatest, you know, my recovery has been great. This is not true. Um, so <laughs> she got me on the road of really working with others and somewhere um, around 10 years sober, I gave my life to Christ and I got very, very, very involved in the church. Um, just Whoa. a little back up with the men, because that is part of my story. Um, somewhere in there, I, I did become a 13th stepper and I was really good at that. Uh -oh. um, and I, I, yeah, I had to do a lot of work around that. Um, you know, there's a lot of power in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's your job, it's your house and your money. And, and that's, there's a lot of control in that. A lot and of control. Yep. So I had to look at that. And so when my son was three years old, I decided not to date anymore. Good. So um, I decided not to do that to my son. So I had right around, I think if I'm doing the math right, I think that was right around uh, seven years sober. I decided okay. no more dating. So again, about 10 years, I gave my life to Christ and I got very involved in the church. Good. So somewhere I started doing more church stuff. I, I really went into celebrate recovery, did Bible studies wow. and all of this. Great place. Um, yeah. Didn't swear. Um, somewhere, if anybody is uh, into any Bible stories, I was the prodigal son and somewhere I became the self-righteous son. Okay. Uh, not a good place for me. I became yeah. very, um, I, my box got very small of okay. who I allowed in there. My son went to a Christian school. Um, he was 14 or 15 years old on a Friday night, wanted to go to the movies with his friends. And I had absolutely no one to call. I okay. had no one, no one. Um, I can remember sitting in a meeting of Celebrate Recovery, not feeling had some issues going on, wanted okay. someone to talk to and thought not one person here understood me. My pride was so big. And I thought not one person here I could talk to. Okay. This is not a good place to be in recovery. Because no, if the not. shit hits the fan and you have no one to reach out to, I'm going to well, you're you. gonna feel, you're going to feel that loneliness again. And we know what happens when we feel that loneliness. We only know one way to Really and the book it. tells us if we do not work with others, we will not survive certain trials ahead. It doesn't That's say correct. when trials come. It says certain trials and low spots ahead. They yeah. will come. Yeah. They it's will just, come. That's yeah, so life on life's terms. There. Yeah. So somewhere around there, I started going back to AA. 
And I started reaching out to people and thank God I did. I think it was right around 16 years. I started reaching out. This is where um, I started reaching out and I learned how to become friends. I had never learned that. I had never really had friends. I think I had friends when I was using uh, girlfriends and I had some really close friends, but I don't know if I was a friend. And uh, I have learned that. And I have, oh my gosh, I have the most incredible friends in my life today. (laughs) Um, I have people in my life. And again, I had friends and we would be friends, but if things didn't go right, you were out of my life. Yeah. That period. I have friends today that we don't always like each other and it's okay. It's okay. I can love you and not like you. And I have learned that I'm not perfect and they like me just the way I am. Isn't that cool? And they can tell me the truth and I can be okay with that. And we can have good days and bad days. And it's just the most wonderful. Not all my friends are alike and we can love each other for our differences. Mm -hmm. And um, it's the most wonderful thing. One of the most wonderful things I've, I've gotten out of recovery is my friendships. Yeah. And so <laughs> at 19 years sober, and thank God I have these friends. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. So um, one day my mom calls and she says, I got to talk to you. You have a sister. I said, a sister. I'm the oldest. I have two younger brothers. I said, okay. a sister. I don't, I don't want a sister. Click. Uh, time to find <laughs> out. She had a child before I was born. And, uh, uh, now, my brothers took this really well. You will find that there's always a sensitive child in the family that's mm-hmm. usually the alcoholic. Mm-hmm. We take things different. I'm raising um, my hand. Yep. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you know, it Jill. threw me for a loop. My brothers are like, oh, cool. Another sibling. Me, you know, it took me into a really dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, then my mom had colon cancer. Hmm. then my dad passed away which was my closest most wonderful most cheerleader at 19 or when I decided uh to get clean and sober my dad was the only person that still loved me yeah my dad was always been my cheerleader and he passed away and then my son went to my ex-husband's house in Texas and burnt his house down in the state of Texas wanted to put him in prison for 40 years at 16 years old Wow. And then my dog died. So without saying that was a very bad year. Yeah. And literally I had went to Texas, spent um, almost, I think, two months in a hotel. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, if there was any relief in alcohol left for me, I would have drank. Mm-hmm. But I have drank all the relief out of alcohol. Yep. Mm-hmm. There is no relief left for me. No, there is none left. So I have two choices now. Get busy living or mm-hmm. get busy dying. Yep. And so thank God I had people in my corner for yeah. that. Because I'm telling you, that was a tough one. And again, I walked into this little podunk town in Texas. No <laughs> teeth, people. Thinking, <laughs> dear God, here I am. I'm not a big fan of, te- fan of Texas. And those people, because I was broken, picked me up. They took me in their house. They fed me. They they did everything with me. It, yeah. I, I can't tell you. And if I would have been in my right ego, I would have never even looked at them. Yeah. Um, but I was so broken. Those people picked me up and took care of me that whole time. And um, I uh, changed groups at that time here in Denver because the group I was in, um, 
my ego was just too big. And uh, I felt like people, I wasn't safe there. Okay. And uh, I got a new sponsor, a person that I probably wouldn't even have talked to uh, two years before that, because again, um, I don't know. I, I felt like I might've been too good or she wasn't, we're just so different. We're just so different. We don't have the same God. We don't shop at the same place. She says, I bring her down and she brings me up or uh, vice versa. Yeah. Uh, We don't shop at the same. We don't eat at the same. We're nothing alike. Um, That's probably why we work so well. (laughs) Yeah. That. Yeah. I needed her. She taught me the one thing that I didn't learn in this program. I was a, a a big book thumper. I never learned how to feel very well. Mm-hmm. I stayed away from feelings and she's really good at that. So anywho, um, these people took me in and took care of me. I, I started my new group, which is Mountain View, my new uh-huh. home group. And I went to a meeting every single day for one year. Yeah. And uh, no one knew me there. They probably thought I was a newcomer, maybe. Yeah. I had almost 20 years sober. Yeah. And uh, I could just listen and be quiet. And I didn't feel like I was being judged or no one knew me or what was going on. And my life was falling apart because I had raised my son completely different than me. No drugs, no alcohol, no men, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was going to be president. And now he was (laughs) in trouble with the law Mm -hmm. and uh, he came home on adjudication and now he started using drugs. Okay. And uh, he had never even been around drugs. Sure. And so for the next three years, and just let me go back one second. In that year, God put three women in my life that relapsed at 20 years sober. And he showed me one I sponsored that Mm. today has 10 years sober. Good. One that died because she couldn't get sober. Mm -hmm. And one that did get sober that's passed because she's older, but she did die sober again. Okay, good. But God will put in your life what you need to see. Yes, and, um, and it's I not it, always easy. No. And he did. And I, I'm here to tell you that just because you get sober doesn't mean life doesn't go on. And if you're huh? not in the middle of the boat at all times, at one year sober, at 15 years sober, if you're not in the boat, things are going to happen. So you better be in the middle of the boat and have people surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Because you need your, your tribe. You need your yeah. tribe. You need your people. So I surrounded myself because the next three years, my son was in three different rehabs. I spent $50,000 trying to keep that boy out of trouble. Yeah. Here is a kid that I thought I had been Mrs. Perfect AA and put him in the perfect schools on the perfect vacations and did everything perfect because I was an Alcoholics Anonymous and didn't use and didn't have men in his life and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He became me. Yeah. Worse than me. My mom cursed me. He did everything. (laughs) (laughs) I did times 10. I know the (laughs) mom cursed. Yes, I have four children too. (laughs) So uh, I had friends and I'm going to tell you, there was a time I did again, think about using because I learned in early sobriety to push that thought out. When it came, push it out. Do not entertain that thought. Yeah. And right around that time I did, I said, Lisa, do you want to take a drink? And the answer was no. Yeah. And again, the thought was, do you want to live? Yeah. And the answer was yes. Yeah. So yes, again, I if I want to live, it's the same thing today as it was when I got here. Yeah. Get to a meeting, call my sponsor. Where am I at in the steps? 
Who am I working with? It's always the same answer. Yeah. At 20 years, at 30 years, at one year. I want it to be classes 102 or 201. Yeah. It's always 101. Yeah. I want it the advanced class. Yeah. Don't I... you know? <laughs> but it's not the advanced class. It's, it's not always <laughs> the same class. Gosh darn it. And I think I've done that before. It can't possibly work. It always works. It always works. It does. I it love always, my foundation. I love my is. foundation. If there are some days that I have to rely on my foundation. And it's that's why have. and that's why I have a solid one. And my foundation consists of going to my meetings, <laughs> talking to the people and being consistent with those people and being accountable, you know. Uh, I have like five accountability buddies that I check in with all the time. And I have to always tell my truth. And I can't be ashamed at that time of having almost 20 years sober and my life falling apart. I can't. I have to go in and tell my truth. Yes. And sometimes it's not pretty, even at long-term sobriety. Yeah. So again, the next three years was really hard because my son was in and out of trouble and, and going through the courts and trying to stay out of trouble through this adjudication. And eventually we're on our way back to Texas because he's always in trouble for drugs and the probation. And the judge wouldn't have did something this time. I was going to object. And he did finally lock him up for a while. Oh, thank God. And um, my son turned his life around. You know, the one Mm -hmm. thing I tried to avoid and I spent $50,000 keeping him out of trouble is the one thing that changed him. So see, God had a plan. It wasn't Mm -hmm. mine. So I started having to go to Al-Anon. Oh, dear God. (laughs) That was a tough one for me. Yeah, yeah, that was that was I, I'm not an Al Anon fan. I think it works when I say that. It's just really hard for me. Um, because I have there's two types. Well, I'm not gonna get into Al Anon because definitely I'm not an expert, but that was a little hard for me. It can be, yeah. So anywho, um again, the last uh 10 years since then, I've worked very, very hard on um, my relationships. And I have definitely been in the boat of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I just celebrated 30 years and I am probably more connected in Alcoholics Anonymous than ever. I I have, um, I'm on the committee at my group. I I sponsor numerous women all the time. I'm working the steps. I have a new sponsor um, that has less time and, and I've worked the steps over the years many times sure. for different things. But um, I went 22 years without dating. So Whoa, I did give that up. You. Yes. I never did bring a man into my life, my son's life. I chose okay. not to do that. Okay. Um, and then now my son is grown. And now I have decided I am going to learn how to do that in Alcoholics Anonymous. Wow. Good um, for you. Yes, I'm almost 60 years old, so it's not very pretty. Um, But I have brought someone in my life to help me with that. And I am working the steps around that. And um, the lady I'm working is taking me to a deeper place than I've ever been before. Yeah, uh, I mean, now you've given yourself a chance to find yourself so that when you are in that relationship, it can be deep and meaningful. So that's why I'm saying good on you. Yeah. And I'm learning it through how my friendships are. Yeah. You know, um, my friends have taught me to be honest so far. My true loves are my friends. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, that's, that's my basis and myself, you know, I don't need a person to fulfill me any longer. And, um, but everything I want everybody to know that, you know, sobriety for me has taken time. It's just taken time. Everything has taken time. I have not learned anything overnight. Um, I am an all or nothing kind of girl. So everything has been, you know, balls to the walls. And then I have to learn how to come off of it and then have to learn this middle ground. Middle's hard for me. Um, You know, the 12 and 12 talks how we want to be the top of the heap or under the heap. It's just trying to be in that middle, trying to be a friend amongst friends, a worker amongst worker, average. Those are my struggles still today. Still today that just trying to be in the middle. Um, trying not to think, I mean, my head thinks I'm better than everybody and my insides thinks I'm worse than everybody. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And that's torque, constant torque. Mm -hmm. Just trying to realize that I am what God created. Yeah. I am. God doesn't create junk. That's right. (laughs) We're just all just what God created. Absolutely. And I'm just okay for today, just the way God wants me to be. And you know, my, my prayer every morning is God take all of me and relieve, remove these defects of character mm-hmm. that stand in the way of me being useful to you and my fellow. Yeah. That I can go out and do your bidding. That's it. That's yeah. it. No more, no less, mm-hmm. you know, not the big car, not the big house. Yeah. And, and not that we don't want that. And not that I don't have that, but you know, when I get to heaven, God's not going to say, Hey, nice Range Rover. He's yeah. going to say, Lisa, who'd you drive in the Range Rover? Yeah. He does. Well, who'd God, you give a ride to in that? Absolutely. Range Rover? absolutely. Yeah. It's what we do for his children, not what we're doing right. for ourselves. And are yeah. you doing that? Are you thinking of someone else? And even though my mind constantly says, Lisa, you need this, you need this. Oh, shouldn't you buy this? This is what my sick mind says. Sure. You know, when I feel the best is after that sponsee leaves Mm -hmm. or when a newcomer reaches out to me and asks for a ride. Yeah. Or when somebody, you know, we go out and do the bum run on um, Thanksgiving and Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were down there with the homeless and not one person that whole morning complained, not one. I am with middle-class people that complain every day about their job and Mm -hmm. about COVID and about everything. I was down with all the homeless people for three hours and didn't hear one complaint. They were so happy that we were down there bringing them clothes and and everything we brought. And I watched them all just And spending time. And just, and they're my people. Make no doubts about it. Oh, yeah. If you're drunk... Or you're sober. You're my people. Yeah, I hear you. You're my people. And I had just as much fun talking to them as I did my AA people. Heck yeah. You're still my people. Yeah. And so, and I'm only down there if you want a solution. And a lot of them don't. And I'm okay with that. That's okay. If if you're happy living on the streets and being drunk, God bless you. Yeah. But you know what? If you're not happy on the streets, I got a message yeah. today. Then let me know and we'll do what we can to help you. That's right. And I have yeah. a message. And I met a young lady down there and her name, we won't say, but she says <laughs> she loves it down there. And I said, wow. I said, good for you. I said, I had to tap out early because I'm a yeah. sissy. 
I could do this. She says, yes, you could, Lisa. And she told me how I could live on the street. She was trying to talk me into living yeah. down there. I was like, I, I probably couldn't make it, but hey, she thought I could. So, you know, um, I don't know who helped who that day, but yeah, it, I had more love in my heart. But see, my head will tell me if I can only get that bigger house or that bigger car, that's what's mm-hmm. going to make me happy. But yeah. that's not the truth. No, it's What not. makes me happy is being down there with those people mm-hmm. and giving a little of my time. That's yeah. what makes me happy. But every morning, the only way I get that is when I ask God to help me. Yeah. Because that doesn't come natural. Still, at 30 years sober, that doesn't come natural. Yeah. Not only I get that gift from God. Yeah. I, did, I have to do that every morning. Yeah. I have to... I don't wake I don't wake up with the right mind. It no, you know. I I've been I've put myself through too much trauma to to say to say anything like that. You know, um, and I love I absolutely love hearing from somebody that's been in the program for a little while. Go to meetings every day. Talk to your sponsor. Do twelve step works. These are the things that keep us sober um, and create miracle in our lives. Now you know how to call the electric company. You know, and for us, that's that's a miracle. Even though normal people are doing it every single day, for us, that's just something entirely different. You know, we weren't taught certain things. I started drinking when I was thirteen. I stunted myself emotionally and mentally um, by drinking um, and using at an early age. So when I sobered up, I was still twelve years old. That's right. Um, so oh. when I was early in the program, I had learned something and mm-hmm. it was so exciting. And I called my girlfriend that was a normie and I told her what I learned. I, I was so excited. <laughs> she says, Lisa, I learned that about 16. Yeah. She sure. goes, where were you? I oh. said, I was dropping acid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't learning lessons. I was dropping acid. Yeah. So I'm sure somebody did teach me or taught me or, but I didn't hear it. Yeah. more. We weren't listening at the time. No. You're too no. busy doing something else. So we get to come in and we get to get taught by a bunch of people that don't even look like they know how to turn the lights. <laughs> Those are the people that we get to be taught how to, you know. And today I get to I get to have young girls come into my house mm-hmm. that have never met anybody that hasn't been on the system. Mm-hmm. And they get to see that a single woman can go to work every day mm-hmm. and pay her bills and have a life mm-hmm. if she stays sober. That's yeah. what I have to give back to women today. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's about giving back freely what was given to us. Absolutely. Um, the Phoenix concept, I, I was one of the very first members in the Phoenix concept. And that's what it was about. I mean, you got assigned your, first of all, you didn't leave for the first 60 days. We were skid row drunks. So we needed, we needed structure. And um, you were given your sponsor. You did, you, because you couldn't make those decisions. Um, but it worked. If we didn't yeah. have that many people walk out of that place because what was happening in there was working. So, um, but there again, that's the subject. If I got on it, we talked for another hour. So, um, you know, Lisa, thank you so much for being on with us today. Um, I found your story very unique because um, you told your story and most of it was in recovery, but it was, but it was, uh, what's the what's the word i'm looking for 
it was it was uh, see through. You know, it was honest. The whole thing was honest, and that's something I strive for. I absolutely agree with that too. I, and that's why I do a daily reflection because every day I have a new emotion. Um, I also deal with PTSD and anxiety. And I want people to see what it looks like on a daily basis. And I've done my daily reflection in front of the ER before going, um, yeah, I'm going through a lot of crap right now, but we're going to do this first and then I'll go in. And that's happened to me before. But it's important that people can see that and going on. And I'm okay with it now because God's got my back. Nobody can hurt me on that. So. Can I wrap up with just one thing? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and wrap up our show for us? So, um, like I had told you, I just did celebrated 30 years. And I just want you to know, um, because I am so connected this last year, um, uh, my mother died. And um, that's okay. And um, I had a breakup and my dad died or my dad died, my dog died, I'm sorry. And I don't know why a dog dies every time a a parent dies, but, and then I had surgery. And the reason I tell you this is because 10 years ago, the same thing happened. And it was nothing like it was 10 years ago because I'm so connected. Mm -hmm. And even though it was painful, I, it wasn't like it was last time. It, It just wasn't anywhere near that. And then, um, we had my mom's funeral in September and it was right around my 30th. And I'm thinking I'm going to have this big party for my 30th. And my brother calls and he had scheduled the funeral, the date of my 30th. And I thought, Oh darn. So I go back to Jackson, Michigan. Now I have not been to Jackson, Michigan. Um, I didn't even celebrate my one year because I got transferred. Okay. So I have been back, but I've never been to a meeting. Okay. So I had my 30th AA meeting. Wow. in Jackson, Michigan, wow. which is where I got sober. Talk about a full and, circle. Yeah, God. And I had just been sitting in a meeting thinking, you know, I'd never had a meeting where a family member came because I was always somewhere else. Yeah. So I called my brother and I said, do you want to go to a meeting? And he's not an alcoholic. Yeah. He goes, yeah, I'll go. And I said, now I'll, I'll get a chip. You can give it to me. So I take him to a meeting. He's never been. And we're in this meeting. And uh, first of all, my brother, and it, there were times in, um, a long time ago he didn't talk to me for two years okay and so my brother is my best closest friend in my life okay and he talked about how inspiring and how much he loved me in that meeting he gave Mm -hmm. me that ship it was the most incredible it was the most incredible thing ever and again i was all mad because i wanted to be here and have this big party god had a different plan (laughs) it was the most incredible 30th birthday i could have had he bought me a compass and on it is engraved all that wander are not lost. That's cool. Yeah. And I think that's a great place. I that that is perfect. Lisa, thank you so much. I, I, I I had a, I had a great time talking with you. Thank Um, you. I had to laugh. I cried a little bit. Um, and it, just a fantastic story, full of, full of hope and a lot, a lot of great information, guys. Guys, okay, so what does this tell us? Just keep coming back. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. My name's Dion, and uh, I'm the host for Raw Recovery. Everybody have a great day. I love you guys. You know I do. Peace out, and have a day. <laughs>